Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. So in Nehemiah, the people had a mind to work and they were building the wall. And they were starting to get it done. And you're thinking, man, everything's trucking along just fine, right? And that's kind of what you think of when you get in a good job or you get a good church going. Everything's just going well till something happens. (laughs) And it's usually something internal, not external. It's like there's things that happen in a church sometime. Everything's clicking. You're like, man, we, we finally got that sound system just right. Or we finally... One day, or we're going to get to say, we finally got the air conditioners just right. <laughs> but then something inside happens. It's not an external thing anymore. And that's what Nehemiah is going to have to deal with uh, to here today in chapter 5. So here we go. Nehemiah 5, verse 1. And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. So we've got division already. Verse 2, for there was those who said, we, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, we have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those who said, we have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and indeed we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been brought into slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. Okay, so people are hungry. There's a famine, starvation's going on. Now, up until this point here, All of Nehemiah's problems, they only had to do with people that lived outside the wall, everybody that was external. But now he's got the worst kind of problem that you can have, internal. It's now closer. It's a lot more personal, internal problems. There's a food shortage. And to get grain, people were selling off their homes to try to get some money. uh, They were selling off their fields, mortgaging their fields and their homes off into debt. They were getting themselves into debt. The whole point of coming to build this wall so they could be free. And now they're going right headlong back into slavery again. So to pay off their debts, they also had to sell their children into slavery. This is desperate. It's like, okay, take my kids. They're going to give them so much money. They'll work hard for you, and I guess we'll see you when we see you. That's unthinkable to us today. So to get by, basically what the people were doing is they were selling away little pieces of their life. Selling a piece at a time, a little bit at a time, they were selling themselves off just to get by. Kind of makes me think of our culture today, what we have done to ourselves. So they once had a mind to work, and we saw that in the previous chapter, but now 
they're selling themselves away to slavery. They're going back in again to slavery, and now their morale was really destroyed. Things never work well. They, you, we need to have a mind to work, not have our morale destroyed. Nehemiah 5 and 6. And I became very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. After serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers and said to them, Each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them. Okay, you remember the nobles. These were the guys that didn't want to work in the first place. They didn't want to help build the wall. Nehemiah is mad. What's he mad about? Well, so we got to... I'm a Texan. I'm a I'm a redneck. You know, last service, uh, I did my best ex- at explaining some Hebrew words, <laughs> but I have to define words or I'm not going to get it. So usury, what is that? Usury is the act of lending money to somebody who is desperate, but you charge them ridiculously high interest rates. I mean, you interest rate the heck out of them. It's the word in there is using somebody. You don't like being used. It's usury. So these crazy high interest rates were put on other people. It was put on Jews by Jews. You've got Jews putting other Jews into slavery again. And this is why Nehemiah was infuriated. First off, the nobles and rulers, they didn't want to work, but now they were hurting their own people, their own Jewish brethren, by taking advantage of them for their own gain. Don't you hate it when somebody uses you for their gain? That's, that's a form of usury. So I want you to be reminded that a couple of uh, chapters ago, the nobles didn't even want to work on the wall. But look at this in the law. In Exodus 22 and 25, it says, If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like a money lender to, the, to him. You shall not charge him interest. That's the law. Somebody needs money, let him have money. Let him pay you back. Do not put interest on him at all. So now you see why Nehemiah was so angry. First off, Jews are not supposed to take advantage of Jews. They're all supposed to be one people, same in the body of Christ. We're all brethren and brothers and sisters here. We're not to take advantage of each other. We're here to help each other and help each other up. But the Jews were not supposed to charge interest to other Jews. It's in the law. That's a violation of God's law. Also, it's just wrong to try to take advantage of somebody like that. So if an Israelite needed money, in this case here in Nehemiah 5, they did need money. They needed to buy grain. You're not supposed to charge them interest. You're supposed to loan them money interest-free, 0.0% financing, okay? Keep Keep it easy. This law was put into place because God wanted all of his people to prosper. They knew that hard times were coming. There were some rich people that weren't givers. They needed to learn to become givers. And I think this famine was put on them by God to make people understand giving, to make the rich learn what giving is. I think this is what the point of it was for. It was to help. The law was put there to help everybody prosper together, brother helping brother. So Nehemiah, he was not going to play any games. He, th- this dude is serious, okay? That's what I like, Nehemiah. He is, got, we got the vision, we're going to do this. Let's cut to it, no baloney. He called the nobles and, re- and the rulers to accountability. All of y'all, we're having an assembly. You need to all show up. This, is, this guy's a get-it-done kind of guy. I like him. 
Now, I can bet you anything that Nehemiah quoted this part of God's law that we just read. He probably quoted it to the assembly. You're not supposed to charge them interest, no usury, because they weren't just sinning against other Jews. Nehemiah wanted people to understand that these guys were sinning against God, ultimately. Nehemiah 5 and 8. And I said to them, according to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now, indeed, will you even sell your brethren or should they be sold to us? Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. So Nehemiah was like, look, we bought these people out of slavery. We bought them. Now, who do you think you are that you somehow think these people belong to you? That you can now make them slaves all over again. They're not your slaves. We bought them. They're free. Who are you to put them back under captivity? The nobles, they didn't buy these people out of slavery. Who were they to think they had the right to use them like this? So Nehemiah basically told them, do you think that you own them as if you could sell them to us? They're not yours. They don't belong to you. We bought them. They are not yours to sell or to use in the first place. We set them free. You're trying to lock them back up again. I'm pretty sure Nehemiah was furious. Nehemiah 5 and 9. Then I said, what you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? Okay, they were looking insult. They were being insulted by the other nations. It's like God's reputation is hinged on this. You're supposed to be helping your brethren, not hurting them. So they were not only hurting fellow Israelites, but they were also insulting the God of Israel, who had even set the nobles free. He had set them free not once, but by this time he had set the Israelites free multiple times in throughout their history by now. So Nehemiah, he showed them the damage that they were causing to other people, as well as the damage that they were doing to God's reputation among the nations. By enslaving fellow Jews, they were keeping foreign nations from seeing that God is able to save and prosper his people. If they all went back into slavery again, the foreign nations would say, why should we serve your God? You can't stay out of slavery. I thought your God freed you. Nehemiah saying, you're making the Lord God look bad, and you're also hurting your brethren. Nehemiah 5 and 10. I also, with my brethren and my servants, am lending them money and grain. Please let us stop this usury. Restore now to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their houses, also a hundredth of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. Okay, I can imagine if a noble uh, might try to argue, hey, at least we're doing more than you are. What if Nehemiah was not lending money also? The nobles would argue, hey, we're doing more than you. At least we're doing something. At least we're lending them money that they need for now, even though we're charging interest. At least we're trying to give them some money and food. So what if we're charging interest? We're doing what they need now for right now. I could see them trying to come up with that argument. So if any noble was thinking about trying to argue that point, Nehemiah, you're not doing anything. We're at least doing something. 
Nehemiah shot him down because he was helping the people without charging any interest at all. At all. He was already lending money. Now they really have nothing to say. Hey, at least we're doing something. No, you're, you're not doing it right. I am lending money. I'm a giver. Christian, what I, I guess something I see in this is if you tell people they should be giving and you're not a giver, you really lose your place to say anything. And other people are going to call you out. Nehemiah could not be called out on this because he was actually doing what was right. <clears throat> Nehemiah was really putting them in their place. And after he slammed this on their head, now they really have nothing to say. After he slammed this on them, he said, stop this usury. Usury is wrong. It enslaves people. It hurts people. So Nehemiah used his good example by lending money properly. It earned him the right to demand the usury be stopped because he wasn't guilty of it himself. See, if he was guilty of it, he would have been a hypocrite. A lot of people say, I don't go to church because they're hypocrites in there. Sometimes there are. But if I'm telling you to do something that I myself am not doing, that makes me a hypocrite. Then you can call me one. So not only was this usury a violation of the law, not only did it make God look bad before the nations, but when people work hard, you get hungry. Because <laughs> we're going to be hungry. When you work, it makes you really, really hungry. So what good is it? For the people to build up a wall, if they're just going to die of starvation, here's a big, it's an internal problem. There will be no chance of finishing the wall if the morale was destroyed. So Nehemiah brought the nobles in. He called them into accountability before people. I'm sure it was uncomfortable. Sure, it was awkward. But he called them and said, you need to give back everything you've taken from the people. Plus, you need to give back the interest that you charged. Plus, not just the interest. Not just what you took, not just the interest, but also any profit that you've made off the people's land while they had it, while you had it in the possession, you need to give that profit back because that's their money. So they took the people's land away. They used it to produce more wine. He talked about new wine. He talked about grain. He talked about oil. That was profit for these nobles that they made off these people. So Nehemiah said, you give back a percentage of even the profits that you made off of their territory. You give it back. Nehemiah 5 and 12. So they said, we will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as you say. So, okay, problem's done, right? Oh, they said they'll do it. Okay, all's good, right? (laughs) Not quite. Uh, You know, some people will tell you, yeah, yeah, I'll make good. I'll make good. Um, Nehemiah was doing a little bit better than this. Look what he did. Then I called the priests and required an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, so may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus. May he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assemblies said, Amen, amen, which means so be it. They confirmed it. They agreed with this. Amen. And praise the Lord. Then the people did according to this promise. Okay. (laughs) Oh, go get him, Nehemiah. He's not having it. He's not having it. You've heard the phrase before, talk is cheap, right? Oh, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Yeah, Yeah, we'll make good. Uh uh-uh. Nehemiah was not satisfied with everybody's word saying, okay, we'll do it. He took it a lot further than just their word. They already have proven themselves 
unreliable. They have already proven themselves untrustworthy. So he took it a step further than just their word. He made the guilty leaders take an oath and not just take an oath just anywhere. He made them take an oath in front of the priests. I mean, this is serious. I mean, you can imagine some nobles, hey, Nehemiah, we don't really have to take it this far, do we? And Nehemiah would have said, yeah, we do, because what you did was really bad. We do need to take it this far. So he even took, made an illustration out of it. He had them do all this. I mean, you're thinking, man, Nehemiah, good night. It's necessary. So he shook the folds of his garment. That was his pocket. And you know how people show they're broke? They grab their pockets and turn them inside out, and they shake it like, I have no money. Your kids say, hey, Dad, let's go eat it. Chick-fil-A. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that on you. I know you get that a lot. And you're like, you're turning your pockets inside out. I don't have anything. So what he did is he, he took the fold of his garment, it was his pocket, and he shook it. He turned it inside out. When he did that, it was a gesture to them that if they continued to try to shake all the money out of the pockets of the poor, then God would return the curse on them by shaking them out of his pockets. Shake them out of his provision. It would be like God turning his pocket inside out going, I shake you out. I have nothing more I'm giving you. Why should I give you anything when you take advantage of people? Let that be all you get. You've had enough. You see, you see the problem here. I mean, Nehemiah is a serious dude, man. I bet he was in the Marine Corps. So he, they were going to lose their blessings of the Lord if they broke this oath. I'm not satisfied with you just telling me. You're going to say it in front of the assembly. You're also going to say it in front of priests. This is multiple layers of accountability. And friends, I'm going to tell you, it seems awkward if you're the guy that's in the, in the noble's position, but accountability is good. Very, very good. That's why we're in the body of Christ. We're accountable to each other. So these lazy nobles and the leaders are now accountable, very accountable. And this accountability was necessary for the survival of everyone. Friends, our accountability in the body of Christ here is necessary. It's mandatory necessary for all of our survival. It's not just about you. You know, the people, I don't need to go to church. I don't have to go to, they're only thinking about themselves. What about everybody else, fellow believers along, the the brethren with you? See, good parallels here. Nehemiah 5 and 14, the generosity of Nehemiah. Moreover, and he's still talking, look at this. He's still giving them examples. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year, until the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provisions. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine besides 40 shekels of silver. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of God. Indeed, I also continued to work on this wall, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work. It's like you nobles decided you weren't even going to help work because you thought you were too high. I am the governor for crying out loud. I'm the governor of this whole place, and even I worked, and I didn't take anything from anybody. 
I think he's really shown them, you know, you guys are so backwards messed up. You really need to get yourself right. He's really explaining to them what this oath was about. Now, as governor, Nehemiah was entitled. Remember that word? That's a word we don't like today when everybody's so entitled to everything. Everybody demands something from everybody, right? But Nehemiah was actually really entitled to a food allowance merely out of the the prestige of the office that he had. You know, the, these guys way up there in power, they're allotted a house, they're allotted food, they're allotted all these things because that's what they have in their position. So as governor, Nehemiah had every legal right to take these benefits. And where do these benefits come from? It comes from the people. You know, our government, all that great lifestyle they live up there in, in their positions, you know it comes out of us, okay? But that comes with their position. So he had the legal right to take it, but he didn't. He's trying to show him I could have, and it would have been legal. I would have broken no law like y'all have done. I could have done that, but I didn't even do that. Just because Nehemiah's job afforded, them, afforded him these things, he figured it was way too selfish to have it when so many other people were suffering. He could not in good conscience take what he was allotted as governor because of watching all the people so in such bad shape. I, I think of these dictator countries where the, the, the top dictator guy is living in palaces and driving expensive cars and eating well while everybody outside the walls of his country are scrapping for food. It's kind of like that. He didn't, he didn't agree with this. People were suffering. Now, this is a complete opposite 180 from what the nobles and rulers felt that they didn't have to work on the wall. They felt so entitled. We don't have to work because we're too high up. Now, even though Nehemiah's job title was high enough to keep him from having to help, just like the governors who ruled before him, he said, all the governors before me, they put all this weight on everybody. I could have done it, and it would have been okay. Y'all would have said, well, you're the governor. It's all right. He goes, but I didn't even want to do it. He chose to work on the wall anyway. He says, I'm not too big to get my hands dirty. And so he worked on the wall anyway, despite what past governors had done. So Nehemiah had full legal entitlement, but he still put others above himself. You never think of yourself as being above everybody else. Everybody else is better than you. That's pretty much what the Bible says. Everybody else is better than you. Treat them like they're better than you are. So Nehemiah was not too much to say, I I don't have to build the wall. Out of his generosity, as much as it was having a fear of the a healthy fear of the Lord, he put everyone else above himself. That's very hard for us to learn in our culture today because we want to be the center of everything. Everybody should come my direction. Nehemiah even could have loaned money to the people, as was the practice of the day as a governor. He could have loaned them money, and if they couldn't pay it back, he could have taken their land. That was, that's how it worked. That was the expected practice of the day. The governor had the authority and the power. He could have made that happen. But Nehemiah chose to go ahead and get his hands dirty with them. He did not do that to them because they were already under enough weight. Friends, our culture, everybody out there is under enough weight as it is. We need to help them. We need to be generous like Nehemiah is. Nehemiah's motives were pure towards the people of Israel to save them from their slavery.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.